Hello, and welcome to The Cost of Health, brought to you by the North Carolina Coalition for Fiscal Health. I'm your host and executive director of the coalition, Michael Kraskin. On the show this week, for many North Carolinians, the cost of insurance premiums has become unbearable. This is particularly true for people who don't qualify for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. As you have heard in previous podcasts, many people's rates have increased significantly over the past few years, sometimes forcing them to find creative solutions to afford health care coverage or forgo coverage altogether. This year, many individuals and small businesses will have a new option that will require members to do a little extra work, but could save them a whole lot of money. This new insurance option uses a system of reimbursement called reference-based pricing to help control costs and keep premiums down. And it is a great option for people who are willing to be more involved in their healthcare choices. I sat down with Josh Williams, an insurance agent in Asheville, North Carolina, who thinks this will help many of his clients. Josh Williams, I am the owner of WNC Health Insurance and we represent uh, employers in our community in Western North Carolina. We represent about 300 employers and about 25,000 covered individuals um, here in the western part of the state. We have two segments that we represent, uh, the individual clients that we represent. Um, the majority of them now, since the passage of the Affordable Care Act, if they still can afford individual coverage, it's because they were eligible for the federal subsidies, which are paying majority, if not some cases, 100% of the actual premiums. And then on the group side, we represent you know small employers all the way up to some of the very large self-funded employers you know, in the western part of the state. Do you have anyone who's not receiving a subsidy but still on the ACA? So prior to the Affordable Care Act being passed and rolled out in 2014, all we had were cash-paying clients on individual plans. And today, if you look at our book of business, and I think it's reflective of the Blue Cross Blue Shield book of business across the entire state, it's probably about 90% or more. If you have individual coverage, it's because the, you're eligible for subsidies and the federal government's paying for your plan. Has your overall customer base grown or shrunk since the passage of the ACA? The overall individual customer base has grown because of the partnership we have with Blue Cross Blue Shield in North Carolina operating this, uh, the Blue Store in the western part of the state. But our cash-paying clients, we used to represent thousands of those, and that has really dwindled down to, I think, we're, you know, sub-100. You know, like 90% of our cash-paying clients are going without coverage because they can't afford it and they're not eligible for subsidies. Or they've picked up one of these types of plans, they call them cost-sharing plans, and these cost-sharing plans do not offer the same full spectrum of coverage. It's not a credible plan as defined by the Affordable Care Act. There's a lot of uh, if, ands, and buts part of the contracts where they don't cover pre-existing conditions um, or they won't cover maybe your outpatient prescription drugs, et cetera. Are they considered insurance? Are they regulated by the DOI? You know, the, the medical cost-sharing plans are not regulated, um, and I think that's the big problem. And I think sometimes the folks hear a commercial on the radio TV and say, hey, we can cut your premiums in half. Well, that's great, cut my premiums in half. But at the end of the day, what they're getting sold is a promise. And I think when sometimes those claims get adjudicated or time for payment on those claims, they find out, well, gee, this is not the same as what I had before when I had a credible full coverage with, you know, Blue Cross or another insurance carrier. The, your cash paying customers a lot since the passage of the ACA have elected to go without insurance. I imagine some of those are people you know somewhat personally, people who come into your your office. Are you? How are they talking about? We have folks that prior to the Affordable Care Act that could not afford coverage will come to our office, and they're 
hugging and kissing our representatives and are so excited because they have now access to coverage. But then we have the clients that we've served for 20 plus years. Uh, they're doing everything right. You know, the husband and wife are both working. They're making, they're doing everything they can to make ends meet, make the mortgage payments, pay all the bills. And now they've been priced out of the insurance marketplace because the rates have ridden so significantly. And part of that is to pay for all the, the subsidies and the other things that are going on with the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, this is a theme I've heard a lot as I've been talking to people. The ACA has been a lifesaver for some and has just destroyed other families. And, 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 so, and so that's what we see. So we, we're, you know, we'll have two folks come into our office, and it's sort of like the ACA picked winners and losers. If yeah. you're eligible for subsidies, you are a winner. And we can deliver a plan that might cost a family $2,000 a month. In real dollars, we can deliver that plan with subsidies. It's only costing an individual $50 a month. You know, and it, it's it's not a level playing field, and uh, it's been very hard on the clients we've served for uh, 20 years. So Blue Cross Blue Shield, effective on January 1st of 2019, will be offering what we call a reference-based pricing plan, health plan. And <laughs> yeah, can you decode that for? <laughs> so um, it pays a fixed amount based on a percentage of the Medicare reimbursement rate, and in this situation, we're looking at 140 percent of the Medicare reimbursement rate is what Blue Cross Blue Shield in North Carolina is going to pay the individual insured for any type of treatment or per CPT code of treatment that they received. So the provider doesn't get paid directly in this plan. In this, in this world, the member would go get their care and then what happens? So the member would, would get their care, and if it's you know small, uh, routine type of procedures, they would go get their care, and then Blue Cross Blue Shield would uh, mail them a reimbursement. They would look at what Medicare pays for that service, and they would say, all right, we're going to pay 140% of that rate to the individual insured. You know, that's, that's what they're going to pay. If it's a, you know, if I know I'm going to have to have surgery or very expensive outpatient testing, then Blue Cross Blue Shield is going to have uh, advisors that will work with that population to try to find them the most cost-effective providers and providers that will accept the 140% uh, level of reimbursement. And, and the whole key here is we're dealing with a population of, of individuals and, and small companies who uh, either individuals who no longer could afford their coverage because of the Affordable Care Act or small companies who could never afford to offer coverage. And what Blue Cross Blue Shield is trying to do is come up with this defined contribution type plan in which the premiums will be substantially, you know, 30, 40 percent less than what the other plans on the marketplace are. And it's not a plan in which they've gutted the benefits. It's full comprehensive coverage. It's covering all the types of items that were covered under the, uh, the current plans that are out there, typical plans with PPO networks. But this type of plan forces the uh, individual or the employee who's covered by a reference-based pricing plan to be engaged, to, uh, to talk with their providers, to figure out what the uh, actual charge that they're going to charge for this procedure before seeking treatment because, again, it's, it's going to be reimbursed at that fixed level. That 140%. Do you talk to providers at all? Do you know if they're happy with that 140%? Medicare is reasonably generous. So, so Medicare is the largest payer in, in the marketplace. Um, and, you know, at 140%, I think a lot of the primary care physicians, that's going to take care of what their charges are. There'll be some specialty care practices, and there'll be some hospitals that are charging more than 140%. I think that really gets to the core of this question is, what is a market reimbursement rate? What does that look like? And the courts 
so far because they've had some challenges from some of the hospitals and some large providers. And the courts have kind of sided to say that it's not the actual facility delivering the treatment, it's what does the largest payer pay? And the largest wow. payer is Medicare. And so far, the courts have sided with the, the fact that the reasonable and customary, that that payment should equal what is reasonable and customary. Who are you going to recommend this to? We have thousands of individuals who have either gone without coverage or are participated in these cost-sharing programs that we want to, you know, have appointments with. You know, if they're happy with that coverage, that's fine. But I know a lot of them have been coming back to us and saying, hey, we want full coverage. You just need to bring us a different price point that we can afford. So I think it's going to be a lot of the individuals that have lost coverage due to affordability. And I think we have a, a pretty significant employer segment, restaurants, other blue-collar type of employers in which their business model never could afford to pay the three or four hundred dollars or more like five or six hundred dollars per employee per month so if we can offer a reference-based plan and we take them you know from what a regular ppo plan costs at five hundred dollars a month then we can give them something and that three hundred fifty dollars per employee per month then that might provide the the financial capacity for that firm to start offering you know quality employee benefits to their folks so, Michael, what I've, uh, I've pulled up is a, a Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, individual rate table uh, for 2018, and there are some uh, minor cha- rate changes that will take effect for 2019. But let's take an individual like myself, a 50-year-old individual, for a high-deductible qualified plan with a health savings account, the Blue Cross Blue Shield rate for a 50-year-old individual is $660. So our expectation is that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 33% less. So if we were to take, uh, that would be roughly, let's just say $200. So we'd be at a $460 price point versus $660. So that's a significant decrease. And we're hoping that that will help bring us back a viable solution for our individual marketplace. That's a healthy decrease over what premiums are today. Can you put it a little bit into context of pre-ACA versus does it bring us back to... So that's, yeah, a great point. So, I mean, if we go back to 2014, that same plan for a 50-year-old individual, and again, I'm just going from memory, but I would probably suspect that that rate was probably pretty close to, you know, about 460 or 450. So it really almost gets us back to the pre-ACA rate charges for that same plan. So I, if we could go back to 2014 rates, that would be a big plus for us to be able to go out there and, and have a good solution for our clients. So you think this might bring in bring back customers or bring in new clients as well? I think it's going to do both. I think we're going to hopefully attract some of the folks who are going without coverage or using these cost-sharing plans because we can now can give them full, broad-spectrum coverage. And I think it's also going to uh, get some of the folks who have been sitting on the sidelines now because they don't have to worry about a penalty going forward. I think it will bring some of those folks back into the equation and hopefully increase the overall Overall coverage, and is this is this my choice plan? Is this subsidy eligible? My choice plan is not subsidy subsidy eligible. It is what we call a, a, a qualified plan. It meets all of the minimal essential requirements to, of a qualified plan on the Affordable Care Act, but is not eligible for subsidies. It's, it's for those cash paying clients that that need some help. Right. Do you think people uh, are going to be comfortable having those? conversations about cost with their providers? You know, that's a great question. And um, if you go to a provider today and you ask that provider if he says you need to have an MRI done at your knee and you ask the provider, what does that cost? 
well, he'll look at you and he'll shrug his shoulders. He has absolutely no idea what that procedure is going to cost, and and that inherent is is part of the problem. So, so so part of bringing my choice these reference based plans is twofold. One, we, we start we start bringing the consumer in with what the actual price of you know the cost of services that are going to be provided is. And Blue Cross Blue Shield, in addition to having the the client advisors there to help them, is now going to be partnering and bringing some real interesting transparency web based tools in which one of them is called Healthcare Blue Book, in which you'll be able to pull up providers in your local area and actually look what are the difference, uh, difference in charges. And, it, and it's not going to give you the actual cost per provider, but it's going to give you a broad spectrum, and it's going to show you those providers. It's going to green light those providers, which the reimbursement rate should work with my choice, and it's going to show you the providers that are in red. And a lot of them probably going to be hospital-based or hospital-owned because what we find is when a hospital comes in and buys up different practices and they're able to charge a different fee schedule because they're a facility versus a, a standalone facility, then then those rates go up significantly. So we're hoping that, that those different tools will help the, the steerage of clients that go to the more cost-effective providers. Any other, I don't know, warnings, anyone who it's not for? So absolutely. So if you're not an engaged consumer, if you're not willing to do some of the homework, then this is not a plan for you. Uh, and we actually are going to go through uh, like an attestment when we sit down with clients and we're going to make sure that they understand that, hey, this type of plan requires your engagement. It requires you to do some homework because if you treat it like a traditional PPO plan in which the provider is forced to accept the reimbursement rate, then that's not going to work out well with this plan. This is for folks who either don't have coverage or can't afford the current types of plans that are in the marketplace, and but, but still want full coverage and are willing to say, all right, I'll find the most cost-effective provider that will be reimbursed under this plan in an adequate in a way. Do you think all agents are going to be as responsible as you? I think that Blue Cross Blue Shield in North Carolina with my choice is making agents go through a, a pretty significant training procedure to make sure that they're certified and are capable of articulating how the plan works who's the plan is right for, who it's not right for. And I think what we don't want to do is, is have any of our clients mistake this for traditional PPO coverage at Blue Cross Blue Shield because it's not. It's, it's, it's a whole different type of coverage, and it requires a whole different level of that consumer being engaged for this to work. But what it does do is it does start shining a light on what does this actual cost? What are the actual costs? And why are my healthcare premiums going up? Well, here are the actual costs that are making your premiums go up. What do you see as the biggest cause of rising healthcare costs? And if you could snap your fingers and change something about our system, what would you be looking at now? I, I think the reference-based plan is really addressing it. It's, that there, it's transparency. It's, it's how do we bring um, that information in a very complicated world and there's so many different CPT codes for different procedures and treatments that individuals can undertake is to bring that transparency to the consumer so everybody understands what that cost of treatment is because at the end of the day if the rates continue to climb on the traditional PPO platforms at some point it it reaches the point where nobody can afford the coverage so at this point I really believe that reference-based pricing is one of the only tools that we have in our quiver that we can bring to the table right now for an employer who says, hey, this is unaffordable, we're dropping our plan, or if a consumer walks through the door or they lost subsidy, they've got a new job, and you know they're no longer making sub 45000 they're making 55000 but they still can't afford a $2,000 a month family plan. You know, Reference-based pricing is there for those types of folks, and it gives them another option. 
Reference-based pricing is one innovation designed to bring relief to health insurance consumers. And though it is by no means a cure-all to solve the bigger problem of out-of-control healthcare costs, it does offer some consumers an option with less expensive premiums when selecting their health insurance coverage for next year, which will come as a relief to many in our state. Josh Williams is looking forward to sharing this new product with thousands of former customers who have felt like they can't afford real health insurance in recent years and have opted instead to use unregulated cost-sharing programs or foregone coverage altogether. Hopefully, this plan will help bring many of those people back into the health insurance market. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you have a story you would like to share or just want to get in touch, please contact me at michael at fiscalhealthnc.com or on Twitter at Michael CK. Make sure to join the North Carolina Coalition for Fiscal Health online at fiscalhealthnc.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at fiscalhealthnc.com.